0: Welcome to my podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. Today, I am reposting a podcast interview of Velsam Woman, hosted by Lee from Australia. Jemma was a guest in Sitaram Beach Retreat, where she came for a 2 week Panchakarma therapy. And during her stage, we were discussing about her passion, and she said that one of her work is to help women improve their health, especially when it comes to the menstrual health and fertility. So she interviewed me about how Ayurveda can help them when it comes to their menstrual cycle, their fertility and overall hormonal well-being and balancing. So I'm reposting that interview uh, that she did with me in her podcast. Her podcast name, just for your information, is Welsum Woman. And from now on, you will listen to the interview that was recorded in that.
1: Well, let's get started. I have, um, as everyone knows, listening to the podcast, I have a huge passion for Ayurveda and Ayurvedic healing and Ayurvedic health, and I know that you do as well. So for those who are listening who have never even heard of you before, Dr. Vignesh, just share a little bit about your story and how you became an Ayurvedic doctor.
0: Uh, I was born into a family where my parents and my grandparents were into Ayurveda. Like my father is an Ayurvedic physician and he runs a clinic and a pharmacy where he makes Ayurvedic medicines for his patients. But even though I was born into that, I didn't like the medicines that they were giving. It didn't taste good and some lifestyle changes. I was not uh, completely into it. But after some time, I got into an allergic problem because I loved sugar and I loved chocolates. And during my late teenage years, I ate a lot of that and I got into some severe allergies. But even though I was forced to get into an Ayurvedic school and to become an Ayurvedic doctor because you know somebody has to take over the legacy of the family and it's a big uh, company, so they wanted me to take over, I had no choice. So I was forced into that. But on parallel, when I had these allergies, I had to undergo a treatment called Panchakarma. Even though... I didn't enjoy it so much, but I realized after doing that, the change that happened inside me was something I cannot express in words. It was like a phenomenal shift. I started feeling more energies. I started feeling more connected with myself. My sleep got better. My digestion got better. It was like, you know, you had a car which you never serviced for a long time and suddenly you give it for service. You change the spark plug. The mileage is better. The pickup is better. And suddenly when you drive it, you feel like, wow, wow. I never felt so good in this car. The same way I never felt so good in my body after that. That's when I realized this is something that modern humanity really needs. Because I was a real problematic uh, sugar addict of 21st century. Mm -hmm. And after doing that, I felt, oh my God, this is something that cannot be solved by just taking a chemical pill. You need to change your lifestyle. You need to detox. You need to cleanse. You need to let go of things that you're holding onto the body. At the same time, you need to let go of the need for something stimulating like a sugar or other things. So that's how I felt the change and that's how I realized this is going to be my passion. But when I did this therapy, I realized I was doing it in my father's clinic, which is inside the city, which is near a city bus stand where you hear the traffic and everything. So I realized what I missed during the the Panchakarma was I missed nature. So I was seeing maybe next time and I want to do it I will see if there is a clinic near the nature so I could do it there but all the Ayurveda places near the nature were like resorts where they were doing mostly wellness and just the external therapies the healing therapy that you get in a doctor run clinic was completely missing there but you had the nature so I realized we need a hybrid uh child of the benefits of nature and the intense healing powers of a doctor-run clinic completely. So that's how I started the Sitaram Beach Retreat, where you we make it so safe and easy for people to come and do the pancha karma and they go back completely transformed. And that is where I feel, that's where I get my energy.
1: Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I have to contest to that. Um, Having been to Sitaram just in December, which is just gone, I had the most amazing experience and that was my first Panchakarma experience too. And I did, I felt completely different in my body and I've come home with a very different understanding. Um, Interestingly, I actually made kitchari for dinner tonight. And um, I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to this, Dr. Vignesh, who are unaware of, like, they've heard of Ayurveda, but they've got no idea what Panchakarma is. So can you just briefly explain what Panchakarma actually is within Ayurvedic medicine? Uh,
0: before explaining Panchakarma, I will explain the meaning of the word human body in Sanskrit. Awesome. The, the, the word human body in Sanskrit is called as sarira. I mean, the word sarira, if you look into some English Sanskrit dictionaries, it will show that it's just a living human body. But the etymology, etymology is like, you know, you have a word is, has a different origins and the new word is formed. So the etymology of the word sarira means that which keeps perishing every moment. Perishing means dying. You know, it keeps uh, dying every moment. So when we say it keeps dying every moment, what we are also saying is it is something that is being born every moment. Only when you die, you give possibility for birth. Without dying, you don't you know, get to be born. So when you are dying every moment, in a, that's more of a philosophical meaning. But in a medical terminology, we say that we are eliminating waste every moment. Like every moment, how do you know somebody is alive? You see that they are eliminating carbon dioxide. You see that the pulse is there. You see that the breath rate, is, breath rate is there. You see that the eye movements are there. However, at the end, it's like you see breathing. And in Ayurveda, is the difference between a living body and dead body is living body is continuously eliminating waste and a dead body stops eliminating waste. So the more we are holding on to the toxins inside or the waste inside, the less our life energy is. And pancha karma is a, technique that understands how the body is eliminating the toxins and we give a safe environment for the body to eliminate the toxins without creating too much pressure and there are five procedures by which we eliminate the toxins
1: amazing would you like to share some of those five procedures like uh see if you see
0: our body has a thing called vegas in sanskrit it's called Vegas, which means natural urges, like for example, uh, if, you, uh, if something goes inside your nose and if the body doesn't want it, it helps you let go of it by sneezing. And uh, if you drink something and if, if your body doesn't like it, you know, there is a high possibility we might, you might throw up, vomit or, you know, we, have, we could have a diarrhea. And uh, if you, you know, if there is some poison inside your blood or something, you, we might start to, you know, sweat a lot. And sweating is a way to let go of the poisons. So there are many ways our body tries to eliminate the toxins. And if you see a dog, you know, the dog is not keeping well. Sometimes it can go and eat the grass and just vomit. So same way, understanding the body's urges of eliminating the waste and toxins. Uh, The Ayurvedic ancient sages or the physician, they understood there are five procedures by which we can eliminate the toxins quite intensively. One is, you know, we pour special liquids or even powders into the nostril. So once it goes inside, it is, it is going to irritate the nose and all the unwanted phlegm or mucus or toxins will come out. And the other one is, if, something, if you have issues of you know, chest congestion or history of uh, asthma or neck pain or history of even depression or, you know, when you get up in the morning, you have too much of mucus in your throat or if you have too much of fat in your body, One of the therapies is we make you drink some special herbal liquids and we artificially induce the body to throw up. So this is like some people say. This is like sometimes when people drink too much alcohol, they throw up and they say that next day I don't have much hangover. But if I don't throw up, the hangover is terrible. It's just that you release all the toxins so you feel fresh the next morning. But here we are doing it more therapeutically. And the second process is vomiting. And the third one is we cleanse the intestines we give you some special herbs that go and irritate the intestines and we induce a therapeutic or artificial diarrhea by which you cleanse the intestines
1: this is what i did yes (laughs) exactly this is what you did
0: exactly and especially women with uh, painful menstruation digestive disorders anxiety skin disorders acne or even painful menstruation this is one severe problem that you see or with PCOS. In such conditions, we definitely recommend uh, this therapy called aspergation.
1: Let's and talk about oh, – sorry, keep going. I know yes. you've, got one, you've got one more. I was going to cut in and, and say let's talk about PCOS, but keep finishing the, the five ways to eliminate toxins, and then we'll come back to that question.
0: Yes, and the fourth one is uh, we have to clean the large intestine. The large intestine, in you cannot clean by taking some medicines through the mouth. Because the liver will come and stop it by the time it reaches the end of the intestines. So, the only way you can clean the large intestine is you need to go the other way up, which is why we call it as enema. So, I also that did way. That. <laughs> yes. And in Ayurveda, enema is considered to be the king of all therapies because it, the colon or the large intestine is the place where the maximum toxins are stored. And in Ayurveda, it's said that it's, there's this term called as Ardha Chikilsa, which means. If you do an enema, 50% of your body is clean because that's where the maximum toxins are stored. So that's the fourth one. And the fifth one is in case if there is too much of uric acid or you have high blood pressure or if there is any mercurial or arsenic or heavy metal poisoning. In such conditions, what we do is we do a bloodletting. In some people, we use leeches. Some people, we just use the uh, traditional uh, modern method by using needles and we release about... 50 to 100 ml of blood, depending on the situation. So, these are the five procedures, but we can't just do these five procedures as it. We have to prepare the body for that, and we have to understand if the body is ready for this. And after we do this, we have to make the body ready for the life after that. Because this process is a, if you don't do it in a scientific and proper channel, in with the proper steps, this could have some. Uh, not so good reaction so that is why you need to do it under a doctor's monitoring
1: Mm. I love that you've said that about doing it under doctor's monitoring because I know a number of different people who want to do enemas so they do their own enemas at home and -hmm. then down the track they can actually end up having more bowel challenges or digestive challenges than what they had before they started doing the enemas and so it makes a really good point that You want to make sure that whatever enema it is that you're doing, that you're doing it in a correct manner and under the guidance of someone who knows what the correct manner is.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, as a doctor, one of our biggest uh, work is to make sure, is the person qualified for an enema? I mean, not everyone can do enema. We have to first understand, does he really need it and can the person really accept the treatment? Only after we understand this, we can do it. If it's not, it can really affect that person and it could have some complications.
1: Mm. Yes, very good point. So thank you so much for sharing because it's great to highlight the five ways to eliminate the toxins. and. Um, I will definitely include those in the show notes for everyone who would like to go back and, and reread the notes. Um, yes. But you mentioned earlier about PCOS. So yes. for those listening, um, everyone knows a little bit about my journey and how I was diagnosed with PCOS in 2014 and how I have come to Sitaram and had a puncha karma experience. And when I arrived, as you know, Dr. Vignesh, because you were my doctor there, um, that one of the goals I had was to help, you know, rebalance my body and clean out the fact that I had PCOS and really just optimize my whole entire menstrual cycle. So when you are seeing women today, um, can you explain a little bit about the Ayurvedic way that we approach some of the biggest challenges in women's health? Because I know from studying Ayurveda and being an Ayurvedic coach, there's a really big difference between the Western medicine approach to women's health and then the Ayurvedic Eastern Indian medicine approach. Um, So what's leading to these imbalances from an Ayurvedic point of view?
0: Ayurveda believes in the healing powers of the human body within, I mean, There is a healing power inside. us. See, whatever medicines that you buy from a pharmacy, be it a painkiller, be it a hormone, be it even an antidepressive or even a painkiller, it is all produced inside our body. And when we don't activate this inner healing powers and we constantly depend on outside chemicals, then the body's intelligence is also not used well. And we realize we don't have these energies anymore. And the, the way Ayurveda helps to heal a person is it's not that we heal that person. We just activate that healing powers inside and the body heals itself. You don't have to reinvent the wheel there. Now, when it comes to this PCOS, I mean, uh, this is one of the biggest common uh, problems that you see in women today. PCOS, okay, the, they call it polycystic ovarian syndrome. There is the cysts are being numerous, which is uh, not the natural way. And there is the body fat can be high, the body fat percentage of the woman can go high. She could have hirsutism, but, you know she has facial hair growth or hair growth in parts where they don't like. And the testosterone levels can go high and they are more prone for diabetes and they will be called as infertile and they can be put under uh, anti-diabetic therapy also, like even for metformin can be given to them. And... Their life is miserable and they have painful menstruation or even the menstruation becomes irregular and they feel, oh my God, what happened to me? And they feel too much of heat in the body. And when the menstruation is coming, they are like, oh my God, these are the days I wish I can just keep these four days of this month and just die and
1: be born again
0: (laughs) after this thing finishes.
1: (gasps) It's so true. It's
0: so true. Exactly. I mean, this is how they come and say. And when you, ask, when you ask the history, how was your life before that? They would say that my life was fine. I eat three times and uh, I sleep well. But when you ask them, they would say that, okay, now my work has been quite stressful. I joined a corporate world or I have to eat in different times and I have to sleep very late at night. They are not able to you know go for the natural body's clock in a, in a proper way. They all depend on unhealthy lifestyle and they all depend on unhealthy food. And all of this put inside, the body loses its natural cycle or the natural rhythm. And now modern medicine calls this polycystic ovarian syndrome. But in Ayurveda, we call it the body's, the waste eliminating mechanism, the natural cycle, the sleep cycle, the digestion. It all is gone out of the roof. And what we do is we try to bring that back along with the panchakarma and some cleansing and we have to convince them you, there is no way you can come out of this unless you change your lifestyle, unless you eat on time, unless you eat healthy, unless you go to sleep on time. And on top of that, we give some herbs that will make sure their iron levels are good, their metabolism is well and also their menstrual cycle becomes regular. Once all this, the basic foundations are ready, the healing is something natural. You don't have to uh, give a pill for that. See, if something mm-hmm. is wrong with the flowers, you don't go and paint the flower. You go and go to the root and fix the root and put the right nourishing things for the root. And you fix the environment. You make sure there is proper sunlight, proper nurturing. And then the flower just comes naturally. The same is with this PCOS.
1: I love that analogy about the flowers. You just And I've heard that you say that before, but you don't just go paint the flowers on, you have to go to the roots to mm-hmm. really create great change. And it's something that I definitely took away from my Panchakarma experience at Citroën was about routine. And you mentioned about eating on time, going to bed on time, and how lifestyle really is our biggest contributor to imbalances. And I'm not just seeing in the work that I do women with PCOS, but also endometriosis and infertility challenges, and I'm just hypothetically guessing, so correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Vignesh, mm-hmm. that PCOS, endometriosis, and any like infertility or fertility challenges, do you feel from an Ayurvedic perspective, they all kind of come from a same similar place?
0: Um, we cannot point out to one single factor. For sure, lifestyle plays a big role in that. Mm. It, is, it is not like you can call it, it's a... See, the modern medicine... Loves to have a one single cause for a disease. That's why 80% of the, uh, the diseases that they call are idiopathic, like it doesn't have a uh, cause, known cause. So, this endometriosis, PCOS, according, see, everything for every effect, there is a cause. It's just that we are not able to bridge that correctly. For sure, endometriosis and PCOS has one common thing that is, when a woman is not Connected with her natural cycles, her sleep cycles, her hunger, then and also if she is into binge eating and if she's sleeping late at night and if she eats a lot of sugar and gluten, dairy products, alcohol, smoking, and if her periods are irregular and if she does not take a conscious effort to correct this, and today whenever the periods are irregular, the modern gynecologists they prescribe a pill like a candy, and that messes up their whole fertility uh, abilities. And then after their thirties or 35th year, they say, now I want to have a baby and the body just, just doesn't listen to it. It's like, you know, you put a dog in the cage for a long time and the moment you take it out the body, the dog goes to a garden and says, now I don't want to live, I want to stay here. It doesn't want to listen to you. It wants to have that freedom. The same is with the body. Once you are putting it on a pill for a long time and then suddenly changes it and you say that I want to have a baby, it just doesn't happen that way. Mm, so, yes, pardon. And then the body goes through such irregular uh, cycles and the body doesn't trust what's happening next. It has a cycle. And along with this uh, unhealthy lifestyle and metabolism, there's another thing that I've seen, especially with uh, painful menstruation or you know, it also sometimes comes along with candida or yeast infection and urinary tract infection. When women don't feel safe, safe in the sense, I'm not talking about uh, like if they are in some uh, crime area and they don't feel safe. I'm talking in general with their emotions. And let's say they're in a family and they don't feel safe. there. Let's say they are in a relationship and they don't feel safe with their partner. Let's say they are in a work environment and they don't feel safe or appreciated or well-connected. All of this could also create a contributing factor to that. And Whenever they don't feel safe, they have a tendency to panic or bring in anxiety or depression. This can also lead to you know, binge eating or eating because of the stress and going to unhealthy coping mechanism. It could be smoking, it could be alcohol, it could be even drugs. And it could be just panic attacks, uh, depending on or coffee or too much of uh, chocolates. And all of this has to be put under foundation. See, we don't treat PCOS, we just change the lifestyle. And we give the right herbs that activates the body's inner healing mechanism. And then the PCOS and endometriosis just changes. And when you can do a panchakarma along with this, because when you come for a panchakarma for two or three weeks, what happens is there is a safe environment where you have no other choice but to listen to your body. You don't have a television. You don't have newspapers. You don't have so much access to the social media. You have to eat on time. You have to go for your treatments. You have to see the doctor every day. You have to be in touch with your own body. You have to do the yoga. You have to connect with the nature. And when you do all of this, what happens is you are activating the inner healing powers. And then the body just lets go of the toxins. The natural mechanism just happens. And the PCOS, endometriosis, and women come and say, oh, I never thought periods can be so painless. I have always feared periods and I always took the pill. And this is the first time I feel periods can be painless. This is how some of the feedbacks we get, but not for everyone, but some of them we definitely get such feedbacks.
1: And it all comes back to just really activating your own inner healing powers. And that's something that I love about Ayurveda. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned a couple of times there about the, the allopathic Western approach to, I guess, diagnosis and how they treat different things For those who are listening who are hearing about Ayurveda for the first time and thinking, oh, maybe I should look down the path of understanding what this is and maybe this route could actually help support me with what I'm experiencing in my body, what is the difference, and there's not just one, but what are the main differences between the Western allopathic medicine ways and the traditional ways of Ayurveda and what it is that you guys do at Sitaram and also just yourself as an Ayurvedic doctor?
0: See, first of all, we must respect the Western medicine because it is only because of Western medicine our human longevity is so long today. Mm -hmm. We don't worry about leprosy. We don't worry about smallpox. We don't worry about polio or even plague, You know, which could uh, threaten an entire community to just vanish overnight. So we have such... When it comes to infectious diseases, the Western medicine is so fantastic. And even when it comes to emergency medicine, I mean, I know some of my uh, friends, their fathers, when they got a heart attack, we just take them to a cardiologist. All we need to do is make sure that first patient reaches a cardiologist or an ICU at the earliest, and then the life is back. So, when you look at the emergency medicine and the infectious disease, such surg- fatalities or trauma care, in such cases, Western medicine is God, and mm. that is what makes humanity so, you know, having such a great longevity. But when it comes to issues because of lifestyle, I mean, modern medicine, I have to say, it is a failure in treating diabetes. I mean, it's only giving a symptomatic cure, symptomatic uh, relief. uh, Blood pressure, they're only giving a symptomatic relief. They give a beta blocker that induces your pituitary gland and makes your heart, you know, regulate the uh, blood flow. So it is not the natural way. It's like you're saying, I am rich because I took a huge bank loan so I have a lot of money, so I'm rich right now. But sooner or later, the interest is going to compound and you have to pay back. And if you're not going to earn in an organic way, it's going to create a problem. So in Ayurveda, it's like you're working on it naturally. You're trying to make it work in a natural way. Your body has its own healing mechanism. The food you eat is your real medicine. The lifestyle is your real medicine. And when you follow all of this, your health is a natural It's more of a preventive. At the same time, you are you're focusing more on vitality. And if you look at Western medicine, immunity is all about vaccinations or taking flu shots. But in Ayurveda, immunity is the foundation of your health. It means you have a natural vitality. Your recovery of the body, if you get sick, is very fast. If somebody else is catching flu, you don't get it because your immunity is strong. Because your body's uh, fighting mechanism, defense mechanism is at its best. So that's where Ayurveda is focusing on, your sleep, your food, your lifestyle, what is going on inside your mouth, what is going on inside your head. All of this plays a core role in our immune system and in our overall health.
1: What an amazing overview. And I really love that you brought up about how important Western medicine is because I feel that a lot of people, particularly living in the West, have to pick and choose and they, they they say oh I can only have one way when mm. there there is a really great importance to share here in that they can actually be combined for certain reasons and mm-hmm. they are fantastic um both have their own benefits so thank you for clarifying and sharing that because I think it makes such a really important point and I know there's going to be a number of women listening to this thinking okay well you've kind of made it sound really easy if I have a cycle imbalance." And, you know, I know I see a lot of different cycle imbalances from just painful periods to mood swings and emotions to migraines, to headaches, to back pain, to bloating, to constipation. There's a number of them. But for the women listening, they're probably thinking, and if I know them well, hang on, you just make it sound so easy, Dr. Vignesh. Okay. So I just need to look at my sleep, my food, my lifestyle, and just get a good routine. But for those women listening, What are three main things that they could do on an Ayurvedic principle like philosophy that they could incorporate in their daily life to help support them in bringing themselves back to their own balance?
0: One is in Ayurveda, the the menstrual cycle is considered to be one of the most important cycles that is responsible for the human chain to sustain or humanity to sustain. I mean, that is what makes a woman fertile. And uh, during these days, it is mentioned, the more a woman can relax and rest, the better... See, in Ayurveda, a woman's fertility equals how healthy her menstrual cycle is. If her menstrual cycle is healthy, that means that it's highly possible she's fertile.
1: Mm-hmm. But if her
0: menstrual cycle is irregular, if she's having painful menstruation, if she's having scanty menstruation or irregular menstruation this is definitely going to affect her hormones affect her fertility affect her moods as well so regulating the menstrual cycle should be one of the priorities of a woman's health and how to do that if she's having painful menstruation it's just a sign that she is taking too much of food that are sticky in nature that is the body is not letting it out quite easily When you say sticky food, it could include sugar, it could include uh, gluten, it could include milk products, chocolates, and also stress. And when a person is stressed out, the body holds on to the toxins. So, find a way to live where you're not so stressed. I mean, stress is, uh, I mean, we all say stress is a big problem. However, some people love the stress if it is helping them to grow, we call it eustress. But if the stress is making you feel tired, then it's something you need to change. So that Mm -hmm. is one aspect. And now another issue, on the other hand, you see two sides. One is, you know, women are unhealthy. On the other hand, you see a lot of women into fitness. Uh, Yes,
1: please talk about this. (laughs) This is great.
0: They think that fitness and health are the same, It is completely different things. You know, a person can be healthy and not fit, and a person can be fit and not healthy. But a healthy person can be fit, but a fit person is not necessarily always healthy. Because fitness is all about how much body fat percentage you have, how good you look with your muscles and how much endurance you have. But it does not have anything about your immune system. It does not have anything about how wonderful is your liver functioning, how good your sleep is, how good your heart or digestion capacity is. So when uh, okay, once I got a patient, she is extremely fanatic about fitness. If she doesn't go to a gym... Uh, within every 23 hours, she can uh, make the life around her a mess. So she needs a gym constantly. And on top of that, she was a flight attendant. And for, uh, for almost two years, she never had her menstrual cycle. People thought, uh, maybe is she pregnant or is she taking pill or what is happening? She just said, I don't know why, but I don't have a menstrual cycle. So the first thing I had to tell her, you have to cut down on your workouts. She would work out like she's you know, planning Naffly. for an Olympic, <laughs> Olympic training. And if she doesn't run uh, at least five kilometers in a sprinting where she doesn't feel good. It's like, okay, telling uh, a woman who is fanatic about fitness and training, telling her to stop or reduce the training is like telling an alcoholic you can't drink beer. You know, that's... That's how uh, someone who is uh, addicted to fitness gets their good good feelings because they are so much attached to that uh, fitness. But what happens on the other hand, in Ayurveda, it is mentioned, if you do exercise, exercise is important, by the way. If you do exercise, you have to do it. The word used in Sanskrit is called as Ardha Shakti, which means half your strength. After the exercise, if you're going to feel tired, if you feel drained out, if you have headaches, if you feel you are having extremely thirsty then you are overdoing it slowly. It's going to eat you up like a lion, which will slowly kill the elephant, even though elephant is big, same way. If you are overdoing your exercise and if you feel tired, it will have a heavy, huge stall on your body. And what is happening is her body was overworked, even though she uh, externally, her body looked like, she, okay, she is quite healthy. she is fit, but internally she was having huge heat waves inside her. menstrual cycle never came constipation and she's constantly worried if I eat this will I put on extra weight what will happen and all of this first thing we started is reduce her training from six days a week to okay even if she's doing six days a week cut it down from one and a half hours to half an hour to 45 minutes just give the body some rest and more fluids more liquids and the fact that she was a flight attendant she is always scared of going to public toilets So one of the treatments that we have to do was regulate her bowel movements regularly. And so we did some enemas and some uh, treatments to make sure her bowel movements are regular. And after that, we made sure she's sleeping on time. So when she starts sleeping on time and her fitness is more balanced and she's drinking more liquid, she stopped many of the over-tiring workouts and then her lifestyle is more in balance. Her periods came back within one month. And she's surprised, how did this happen? It says, we don't have to reinvent it. You change the lifestyle. The result is natural. So if you are overdoing your workout, try to reduce it. This is not good because also the testosterone hormones can also shoot up. and This is not healthy for a regular menstrual cycle also. So that's the second one. And the third one I see in uh, many women, during their menstrual cycle, they tend to behave like it's all going to be normal, they work out, they do night shifts, they do even go for the gym and work out. During their menstrual cycle, the more they are able to relax, the more they are able to hydrate, better for the body because that's the time when the body is already investing a lot of energy in purifying and a lot of blood is being released. At that time, if you do other works, the menstrual bleeding need not be sufficient and that can create other issues and usually If you ask a woman in her menopause what created so much of heat waves and I mean when she asks why am I having so much of hot flashes and heat waves and when you ask during the menstrual days how was it they would say that they always had irregular painful menstruation because that was not corrected after the menopause it led to a lot of hormonal disorders. So regulating the menstrual cycle also means you have to be more restful and mindful during your menstrual days. The more you work out the more physical and mental workout you do on the menstrual days, it is going to affect the rest of your days as well. So these are some of the tips I mm-hmm. can recommend.
1: They're fantastic and I th- I'll just recap them really simplistically. I wrote down the first one as just reducing your stickiness. So that means dairy, gluten, sugar. And I guess I always have this saying that I share, Dr. Vinesh, that burgers don't just fly into your mouth. You have to place them there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Like you choose what goes in your mouth ultimately, regardless in the West, if you're peer pressured into it, you ultimately put the food in your mouth. So the burgers don't fly in there. So make good choices around your food and reduce the stickiness. Number two, I wrote down is just reducing stress. And even if that means your exercise, um, I know that's something that largely contributed to me losing my period and getting PCOS as I was not as bad um, as the flight attendant that you mentioned. But I literally would train six days a week. Um, I would train if I didn't feel great, but I wouldn't push my body too far. But I still couldn't miss training. And um, that's what happens when you're in a team sport. You can't let the team down. And so I, I kind of brought into the masculinity of sport and exercising. So number two is reduce stress in your life, even if that means your exercise, And I wrote down number three is sleep on time. So rest and something else that you said that is the more you can hydrate and relax, the better for your body. And I think that applies for everyone, male and female, but particularly for females and their menstrual cycles. I think it's such an important point. So you've covered and shared so much. And I know for me, talking about menstrual um, cycles and periods and experiences is when I landed at Citroën, day one for me was actually day one of my cycle and I started a new bleed, day one at the at the retreat. Most people would think, oh, my God, first day of retreat and you're bleeding on your period, that's the worst. But for me, I found it to be such a wonderful experience because I had the longest bleed that I've ever had and I really felt like I allowed my body the ultimate time to rest, relax and fully allow myself to bleed I was not working. I wasn't on social media. I had no stress. Um, I literally was just present in the moment with nature. Like, what's tough about watching a guy climb a tree and cut down coconuts,
0: right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I have to say that I was really fortunate for that experience because it gave me a very much a new understanding of ultimate rest when you like whilst you're bleeding. And so, I would love for the women listening to to maybe take that on board. And next time you bleed, just look at even giving yourself the night off or making sure you have an extra long lunch break. Or if you need to take half a day off work and you can, take that day. I know a lot of women feel bad about taking half a day off work or having a mental health day, but if you need it, take it and your body will thank you for it. So thank you for sharing those points. Um, We're almost out of time, Dr. Vignesh, and I feel like there's a thousand other questions I could still ask you, particularly around what you do at Citiram, and I know that you're actually coming out to Australia this year, um, around mid to um, like the second half of the year to visit, and you'll be doing some events here and seeing clients one-on-one, and I'm excited to share that with everyone when that happens. But a final question I have to ask um, you, Dr. Vignesh, yes is around teens and tweens so i ask all of our podcast guests here like what are three things you wish you knew um when you started menstruating obviously you're a, you're a male so you don't menstruate but what are three things <laughs> so i can't ask you that question directly but what are three things being an Ayurvedic doctor and i know that you have a sister as well and you grew up with a mother so i know you've been around cycles for a while but what are three things you wish that teens and tweens going through their menses ameneses for the first time knew about their bodies and their cycles
0: well, I think it depends on the people that are surrounding them during those times. However, mm-hmm. if they realize this is a natural phenomenon, nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to be worried about. This is as natural as when it rains, when it's sunshine, when there is like different seasons. When it rains, you don't blame the rain. If you blame the rain, you're just not accepting the reality. Mm-hmm. And it's the way the nature works. And it is something beautiful. You can't blame the rains. You can't blame the sunshine. Like they say, if it's snowing, if you like it, you go and ski. If you don't like it, you sit at home and blame the weather. But the idea is the menstrual cycle is one of the cycles that is responsible for the sustainability of human change. So this has to be understood by them. And the body's intelligence is so powerful our medical science is still light years away from finding out what is there. So we need to trust in our body's intelligence. And third thing, be conscious of what goes inside our body. I mean, there are so much of chemicals, so much of food that is covered in plastics. Try to eat as much natural or nature-made food as possible.
1: Oh, I just had a flashback about all the amazing food that you guys make at sitaram Um <laughs> Because it's delicious. And yes, be conscious about what goes in your body is really important too. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Vignesh. But everyone who's listening, um, how can they find you? So if they were like, hey, I want to learn more about Dr. Vignesh and who he is and what it is that he does in Ayurveda and maybe a little bit more about Sitaram, like what are the best ways that they could find you to connect?
0: They could uh, check our website, sitaramretreat.com. And uh, also with my Instagram, Vignesh Devaraj. And uh, also I run a podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond in iTunes. So these are ways they could connect. And the best, easiest way is the website, sitaramretreat.com.
1: Fantastic. I'm going to pop all of that in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking... Well, I would really love an Ayurvedic Panchakarma experience. I do take groups to Sitaram after having my first experience there. I came home knowing that I couldn't just be selfish and go on my own. I needed to take a group of women and so that's what I'm doing now. So if you would like to come on our next group retreat to Sitaram, um, please reach out to me in any way, shape or form. Message on Instagram, message me through our Facebook group, shoot me an email, jump on my newsletter list. Um, And I'd love for you to come along. And I know Dr. Vignesh would love to see you and have you at around for the full experience um, and to dive fully into Ayurveda. So Dr. Vignesh, thank you again so much for joining us all the way from Kerala in India. Thank you, Gemma. um, Thank you. You're welcome. I'm excited for this podcast episode to also be shared on your podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. And until our next episode, I'd love to have you back because there are so many more things we could talk about.
0: Thank you. Looking forward to it,
1: Thanks. So no much. worries. Thanks, Dr. Vignesh.
0: Have a good day.